0: Don't you just wish there was an easier way to count your inventory and send your orders? Well, you are in luck because that system does exist and it's called Chef Sheet. And you can start using it today by going to www.chefsheet.com. Get on it. With excitement, allow me to introduce to you today's guest, Chef Paul Callahan.
1: Chef, how are you today? I'm doing I'm doing excellent on this kind of half ready a sunny day.
0: <laughs> well, it seems like it's getting a little bit better out there, and uh, it's not every day I get to interview somebody who's like less than seven miles away from me, so I actually can experience the same weather you're experiencing. That's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> chef, I gotta ask, are you feeling unstoppable today?
1: Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, I've been feeling that <laughs> way for the last uh, 20 years, it feels yes. like. Yes.
0: All right, let's tackle this interview then. Uh, chef Callahan earned his experience or his uh, executive chef title the good old fashioned way with hard work experience, and by surrounding himself with incredible restaurant professionals. Along his journey, he has worked at some incredible restaurants, and I will do my best to pronounce them correctly. Celle de la Terre, Les uh I'm sure I'm destroying these, uh, The Butcher Shop and Herb Lyceum. Uh, you can go through and correct those. How, how did I do?
1: Uh, not bad. Celle de la Terre. And uh, Les Poire, right. but yeah, no, very close. I'm, I'm very working
0: close. on getting better at that. Uh, while at the butcher shop, he honed his skills for charcuterie and picked up Barbara Lynch's business philosophy. Today, you can find Chef Callahan heading Number Eight Kitchen in Spirits, in Amesbury, Massachusetts, while doing what he loves: using all the senses, incorporated with cooking, being true to the natural flavors of food, and mentoring others. Chef, this is just a huge aerial view of who you are and what you're all about. I want to get your story, but before we do get your story, we got to get that inspirational, motivational ball rolling, and we're going to do that by having you share a success quote or mantra. What do you have for us today?
1: Uh, learn to love to fight.
0: Learn to love to fight. What resonates with you about that quote?
1: Um, there's something kind of ever-ending about that. Every day, especially in the restaurant businesses there's something that will kind of summon up. It's kind of like uh, something will happen. So you mm-hmm. just kind of be able to learn uh, to love um, kind of the spontaneous uh, things you kind of have to deal with all the time. It's never ending. I love uh, it. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of a uh, – it's quick. It's very direct. And if you don't, if you can't be able to learn to love just that simple fight, then you won't be able to – uh, kind of uh, you know barrel through and um, come off the other side, so
0: I love it um, it, it really re- reminds me did I cut
1: you off no 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 no
0: yeah it it really reminds me of a quote uh, not really a quote, but more of a mantra that you know it 's not about the the destination in life it 's not about where you 're going it 's about how you get there it 's about the journey, and I think you know, if you gotta learn to love the fights, because why, why else are we doing this? Why else are we alive if you don't enjoy that journey? And you don't enjoy the fights, and it, it's gonna be a battle, right? Like, but you have to learn to love it because it's not going anywhere. So, uh, that's a great way to start off this interview. I'm really pumped with that. Thank you for sharing it. <laughs> oh, uh, no problem, no problem. So, let's talk a little bit more about you, and let me start by asking, you know. When did you know that the industry was going to be more, you know, the hospitality industry was going to be more than just, like, a summer job for you? Like, when did you know this was going to be your career?
1: Um, that's a great question. Uh, I think my story is kind of, I think it fits the mold of a lot of people, but also kind of different than a lot of people. But um, because my story starts when I was 13. Um, I came home. I told my parents I wanted a job. Um so my dad was like, wow, okay. Um I have a friend who owns a Lebanese restaurant. And, uh, so, uh, this is back in the day when you actually could work me at 13. And, um mm-hmm. so I used to dishes. And, uh, but it was, like again, it wasn't like I said, oh, I want to be a chef. Then I just got into the, into the kitchen. um, kind of like what you were saying, that summer job, the charisma of just being in the kitchen. Kind of the, the, um everyone has to work uh, hand in hand all these multi-faceted aspects going on. Um, And then it wasn't until probably my early 20s, I was still in and out of kitchens. I went to art school. And it wasn't until I was down uh, in Atlanta, I went down there to school, uh, that I had a job in um, a place called Seeger's. And uh, Glumpel was the the chef. And it was my first kind of real true introduction to kind of fine foods, high-end. And... um, it was interesting because when I was at uh, art school, I was listening to these teachers talk about uh, color theory and uh, spatial relationships and uh, how things go together. And then I was like, you know, subconsciously going through my work and hearing the same mantra. Mm-hmm. And uh, from from another kind of um, artist, and it was a chef. And um, so I was like, totally relating to what he was because uh, he was very verbal about. Um, what was going on constantly around in the kitchen? So it was easy just to hear. And it uh, wasn't there, it wasn't until then that I actually was like, wow, this is kind of fascinating. And so when I came back from Atlanta to Boston, I was talking to a friend who, um, my one and only friend that kind of understands or knew about finding Out in the World. A lot of my friends were, or what they call counties, you know, they, they just did the, uh, the, you know, the Applebee's, that whole I'm, world. And, I'm picking up a down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so he was like, well, if this is something you really want to do, um, you should really try to find, um, a kitchen that you uh, can excel in. And it was, uh, I found this little bistro in Haverhill, Massachusetts called Keon's. It just opened up. It was like four months old and it was perfect. It was a uh, two, uh, two man kitchen. It was me and the owner. Probably like maybe 35, 40 seats and, uh, but it was a, he was just doing, you know, there was five appetizers, five lunches, so like everything was from scratch. It was my first introduction to kind of that world and started learning how to make sauces and braises and vinaigrettes. And then from there, I was like, wow, this is kind of like something I think I really want to do. And I had a knack for it. Um, kind of, uh, kind of also kind of led me into like a kitchen that's going to be free spirited. I'm a free spirited person and, uh, kind of free will. And, um, it was just, I hate to use the word ADHD. I just think there's a bad connotation to that. But I think for certain artists, people, like your brain does have that way of kind of, um, you know, working. Mm-hmm. So for me, the, for me it was, uh, going to a kitchen was kind of like very common because there was so much to do in, in a reverse way. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I was like, all right, this is, um, I really truly want to learn how to cook. And, uh, so I went down to, uh, Boston and landed at, uh, solo Salute.
0: Awesome. I love it. I mean, I, we got your story. We know how you got to where you are today, the beginning parts of it. But it, was there one moment, Chef, where something happened or where you learned something or you just knew, like, it, like somebody hit a, like a switch for you. Like, this isn't just a job. Like, it's an art form. I'm studying art, but I want to study the, the art of food. Like, do you, can you bring it to a moment?
1: Um. Yeah, it was probably... Uh... Uh, it was probably the first time I've seen uh, mayonnaise made. <laughs> Talk um, us through it, man. us to the
0: moment, I want to be sitting there seeing that mayonnaise
1: made with you. It, it was it was magical, like cause, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, normally for n- normal people, the whole life you just go to a grocery store and you just pull this container off a shelf, mm-hmm. and it's white, and you're like, cool what is this? And I mean, I'm going to put it on my burger, or I'm going to put it on there, but, but no one ever actually knows truly how it's made. Mm-hmm. And you tell them it's made from eggs, they're like, yeah, right? And so when I saw that, it literally, it's like, it depends on how you make it, but like, you know, four or five ingredients, eggs, oil, mm-hmm. pretty much those two, but lemon juice, um, some vinegar and garlic and salt. It was like, Wow that that's you just you, i just made mayonnaise yeah i mean you appreciate like, <laughs>
0: food so much more though when you see what goes into it and like the different layers like people will just take it for granted like mayonnaise is something that comes out of a jar that you put on your bread no it's so much more than that and um i think that you know that's a great way of just explaining like the depth that yeah. food has that people
1: don't appreciate Yeah, and then from there it was because it was amazing because like you, you literally like you take an egg and it transforms into that Mm. Into that texture. It's to me, to me, it it still baffles me how it kind of emulsifies into that. It's just, but then, uh, you know, and then I would say probably kind of like the second thing is eggs themselves. I mean, uh, you know, I grew up. uh, One of my favorite things to eat, eat was, uh, chopped eggs on toast. And, but then it was like, all right, so you can, you know. Poached eggs and fried eggs, and then taking an egg and emulsifying the mayonnaise, and then taking an egg and you know learn how to make hollandaise sauce, uh, how to set a custard. Um, so that's kind of I was like wow, there was there was there's a lot to it, and yeah, so was, I think it was probably like those like little nuances in the kitchen I was like yeah, this is different for me. That's and awesome. yeah. once I realized that it was that that process of being in the kitchen is endless, even to this day, of constant learning. I knew that I was going to be hooked for life because my thing was um, at one point in my career uh, at high school, I had the opportunity to go to Wentworth Tech for CAD design. And even then, this is 1997, um, I was still hand-drafting, and we still learning how to use computers, so Mm -hmm. that split, that divide. Um, I just couldn't picture myself sitting in front of a computer for the rest of my life. Oh, no. Um, (laughs) I
0: don't blame
1: you. And so, I, luckily, I made that decision not to do that, Um, but I just love the idea that it's... It's never-ending, constant learning.
0: Yeah, and I I wrote down some things here, Chef, that kind of stuck out to me. You talked about your friend who said, you know, you got to work in a kitchen that's good for you. And I think that's one thing, to live intentionally, to go places that, you know, uh, resonate with you, where you can learn about things you're interested in. And I think that was one piece of advice we can all take away from that story. And then you talked about, you know, how it's where you learned everything. That for you, that was your culinary degree 101 class like you went in here and you learned the the basics the sauces and all that that i mean you can just do so much just by living it intentionally. If you're listening to this podcast and you're working at a restaurant that's not right for you, get out and go work for somebody who can be a mentor and where you can learn the scratch, the bases. It's awesome stuff. And then oh I also, yeah,
1: no, totally. Yeah. I totally agree with that saying. Yeah, and,
0: uh, I had to write down ADHD because I I think that's like one of the things that people in this industry, if you do have, it's a blessing in disguise because it's this industry is so fast paced that you don't do just one thing for more than 10 seconds ever. Uh, no, <laughs> so it's great. No. And uh, it's it's uh, it's awesome stuff. But uh, I don't want to beat this to death. We can move on. And thank you for giving us that big picture about how you got into the industry. But now we're going to find out more about you and your it factor, Chef. So if you could narrow down a few it factors for us, your characteristics that you think most contribute to your success. And I think we kind of brushed on them already a little bit. But dive in deep now.
1: Um, yeah, so for me personally, I think there's a couple. I mean, the creative aspect is—I mean, that's probably and foremost. But constant every day pressure that I kind of put on myself to to be, you know, to excel and make sure everyone everything goes um, as planned um, for the guests. Now, that's one thing. So I, I I truly lived that moment every day. Um, so like another it factor is that I would say for me is. The calmness that I can bring to a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I worked for a lot of screaming chefs and, and I worked for some not screaming chefs. And, uh, I, I don't know. I think I have a great knack of truly know what's going on in my business in, in the, in the kitchen mm-hmm. at all times and not letting my staff feel my stress. Um, but let them feel that it's going to be okay. I think there's, then that, um, brings the, Kitchen and the restaurant to a better ground instead of always feeling the stress. Uh, so I, I'm really good at that. I think that's kind of one of my it factors. Um, awesome. Um, y- yeah, it's hard. I mean, it's, you can't. <laughs> I just. It's not one of the things that you, you can teach someone. I think absolutely it's, not. No. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And
0: it's. I I just finished reading uh, Danny Meyer saying the table again. For the I think the second time because I want to do an episode dedicated to his philosophies on retainment employee retainment treating people and uh, I had to write this down chef because you said one of your if factors was constant pressure and then you said your other if factor was calmness and dis- Danny Myers uh, and the Union Square hospitality like business models in philosophy, is all based off of constant gentle pressure, and I feel like you just basically <laughs> explained like the words he uses is constant gentle pressure, and I think if you substitute the constant calm pressure <laughs> with your if factors, I mean you're dead on with that, and it's so valuable. I mean, um, yeah, you have to be constant, and that calmness is so important because as soon as you start losing your cool and you start tossing out all that negative energy, man, shit's gonna start going.
1: Self, fast. <laughs> so, oh yeah, 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 and, and I think, yeah, and I think there's you know there's pros and cons to it too, but yeah, know I, I think from I think I let my uh, younger guys can have that that those moments. I've had those moments. So I think mm-hmm. the younger kids need those moments. Um, yeah, they need to go into a walk in yeah. scream or. Uh, kind of like, you know, so can you? five minutes to breathe. Can you give us one of these chef, moments,
0: though? Can you give us, like, a specific moment? Because that's what we do next, man. You, you gave us your if factors, creativity, constant pressure, calmness. But now take one of these if factors or a few of them and apply them to a story, Chef, where these factors really shown through and help you overcome a challenge or help you get to a next level in your career.
1: Oh, man. For me personally or just, like, in general?
0: Uh, for you personally or or in general, but try to be specific. Try to bring us to the moment like that time with the mayonnaise where you first made your mayonnaise from scratch. I want to the details. <laughs>
1: uh, first moments of... Are um, uh, you talking about the, the pressure or...?
0: Whatever you want to talk about, Chef. The floor is yours. I'll let you fly with this one.
1: One of my, like, oh shit moments was <laughs> I, I served a food letter a really salty dish. <laughs> Don't forget that. And um, it, we, we were cooking. Uh,
0: Wait, so you were served a, a dish that was salty to, like, the cover come off when you were salting it? Or, like, did you put a, a fistful when it was yeah. supposed to be a pinchful?
1: Yeah, we were braising leeks, and um, we had to add salt to it. And then the guy before me um, worked my station, and he did a couple batches and prepped it out. And I came in that night, and I had to uh, – I was part of a milky dish. And I didn't realize how salty the leaks were, but, um, so chef's yelling at me as, you know, had did you try it? Did you taste the dish? And I said, yeah, it's all set, which I really didn't. Whoops. And, um, so then it went out salty and he came back and, uh, said to pull me aside. And that was kind of like the moment of like, oh man, that just really happened. Like, yeah, nice. it was like a, just like a food writer. And, uh, So I was like, it was just one of those things I was, you know, I just had I lost my cool or, I was like, oh shit, that really happened. And I was like, oh my God, I can, I just couldn't believe that, uh, just that happened to a, you know, a food letter. And, um, so this was a, this was a
0: food editor or a, uh, a food, um, critic that this food went out to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, wow.
0: (laughs) That that brings a whole new level to the engine. Okay.
1: Go. Yeah. And, um, (laughs) I just remember like for me personally that was just gonna I was gonna that was like my I was gonna get fired type of moment and just the way that the chef talked to me, um, I think it was kinda like one of those like okay, I mean, I think uh he just handled it so brilliantly that um ever since the, like situations like that come up or are gonna come up, uh, I kinda just resort to that moment mm-hmm. of being in that in that in that space in that situation and um kind of be able to reflect on it going forward so so um it helped me which one of
0: your if factors would you say it was the constant pressure the calmness uh you know what really helped you learn from that uh that little bit of a mess up there
1: um i think it was the, um, the calmness I, th- I think it was his calmness mm-hmm. um i think it was for me gonna i, I was thinking the worst and um and it, it didn't have to go that way. So, mm-hmm. um, like I said, and the situations arise all the time now. So, not just like like, food gets served to a uh, food writer, but, um, you know, changing the menu and ordering food and having half the produce come in not right, mm-hmm. and then it helps. What yeah, do you do in that situation? You can't do anything
0: uh, about it. And Getting upset and pissed off is only going to send you in the wrong direction. So, dead on, man. I totally... Uh, and picking up what you're putting down. Awesome stuff. Typically, this is where I have you share a moment where you fall on your ass hard. I feel like you kind of just gave us a failure story, but um, that was like a fall on the knee. I want you to give me a full-on, like, hard fall on your ass story where, like, you just messed up bad. And most importantly, though, I want you to tell me what you took away from this failure.
1: Um. Well, I mean, I think it was kind of a, I mean, it was collective. I mean, I don't think it was necessarily me, but I was running a catering company and we were doing the 70th surprise birthday with this guy. And, um, we were down in Faneuil Hall area and, uh, they had a lot of cobblestones in that area on the ground. Mm-hmm. And, um, so the, uh, our pastry chef, the commissary, made this gorgeous cake. It's, <laughs> it's it took him, like, I don't know, like a solid week to, do this cake. And um so we were pulling it off the truck and uh and I just remember it was like one of those things like you can't you know, can't drop a cake. Mm. Totally can't drop a cake. <laughs> and this lady's uh, husband um was uh you know turning turned seventeen and she was calling like every day just reinforcing that we, you know this cake was so important. The cake was so important. Oh, man. I have a feeling and, story's um, going to. <laughs> We uh, took it off the uh, truck, and it was a beautiful sunny day. It was like summer just happened, and um, so I put it. Um, we had like uh, kind of like a little dolly cart, and um, and it was packed with all the stuff. And then on top, um, I put the cake, and I knew I shouldn't have put the cake there, but I put the cake there, and uh, so I went proceed to get stuff from the back of the truck so now i'm kind of like in a spa like little u-haul box truck and i'm looking out you know it's kind of dark around me but i could see through the end of the truck it's sunny and it's like middle of summer kind of and there's hundreds of people walking around because you have the aquarium there Mm -hmm. and it's on the waterfront and and i i just remember the the one of the servers went to pull the dolly cart and um and it was like slow motion, and it got no. stuck. The wheel got stuck in the uh, <laughs> cobblestone, and uh and everyone—they had a series a hundred people. It was like slow motion. They're all looking at the cake. Oh my god! And I see your pain. The dolly Man. cart, yeah, the dolly cart didn't go anywhere. And the only thing that moved was the cake, and it just slid. <sighs> it was just sliding slow, so slow that it was just like—I <laughs> think it still sliding into the day and that just smashed on the ground. You could see like people covered. It. it was like. I was like, "Holy shit!" I was like, we I going to cake." And then the <laughs> the funny part was, uh, the uh, pastry chef was Korean, and so I had to call him. I was like, "Geo," I, like, I was like, "I just uh, just dropped the cake," and he's like, "Oh, like what do you mean? You just dropped the cake?" I was like, "No, I didn't have the cake." He's like, and "He's like, no, you bring it back, and then you fix it." I was like, "No, I can't fix it. No, you bring it back, and I'll fix it." I was like, "Geo, you can't fix the cake." Like, "No, I can fix the cake." I was like, "No, you can't fix the cake." So did he he's fix like, the cake? What, 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 no, oh no, so basically I was like, he, uh, he kind of threw another cake together. Okay. And, um, but it was just, I, I, so I really, I had to go to this lady. Oh man. And, uh, and I, I had to tell her that I dropped the cake. <laughs> and, uh, and oh. just her face was just, um i got i got read the right act from her and yeah it was it was a lesson learned i mean uh, yeah i mean
0: what is the lesson learned though like i mean we got your failure i mean maybe you could have been more uh, careful or you know never take chances but like what was it to you like what was the lesson and how you know how do you apply this lesson to your life today
1: well i guess uh for me it was just just always be honest um that's kind of like how I'm. Um, I'm always honest. I hate not. I mean, I, hate, not that I don't hate not being honest. But it's just the fact that I truly had to live up to that moment and mm. tell this lady that you know her cake was dropped. And uh, I, I guess it's um, it was easier just being honest right up front and saying you know I messed up. And I think that goes a long way for the guests.
0: Absolutely. Uh, absolutely when, yeah. they, when they
1: hear that so um, again, um
0: it's, it reminds me and I'm, I'm kind of on this danny meyer cake because i just finished reading the book but he talks about writing the end of the story and shit happens but yeah it's all about how you write the end of the story and tell us how you wrote that end of the story i mean you, you told her or like what happened
1: yeah so i told her um and you know just uh you know it's like it was like i was like 12 again i got God, I caught a pack of cigarettes with my mom or something. I had that same type of feeling, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit, the world's gonna end and uh it, you know it, it forever it was like that she was mad, but it was just um it was over and mm-hmm. uh Absolutely. and then it hurt, but the, the the thing was that we surprised her with another cake, and i don't think she was expecting that and um and it was at the end, it was all about her um husband's 70th birthday anyway, so awesome. um and again, it was more, it was amazing to see how, like, that once we surprised her with that food element, that surprise of, I guess, why we're all in the business is that hospitality aspect is, um, she still could rally around the food and, um, and the, the celebration. So it was quick and over. And, uh, she called us within a week to do another catering event. So, mm-hmm. so awesome. I guess, like, it, yeah, so. It was more about us as a team that she believed in at the end, instead of just having the cake being perfect. Mm-hmm. And um, and we uh, did business with her for another like two plus years. So um, awesome! But, yeah. I love
0: it. And you really painted the picture. We learned so much from that story about just you know, there's so many different things, so many benefits of just owning your faults. Um, I mean, you put an end to the, the issue as soon as you start denying, points your fingers. You're just wasting time, and then just. People respect you so much more when you're just straightforward and honest, and uh, it's a great lesson for us all. So, awesome. We have reached the part of the interview, Chef, where you're just going to drop some restaurant bombs of knowledge on us. But before we do that, we got to take a moment to thank our sponsors. In the restaurant business, making money and saving money are the same thing. To be unstoppable, you need systems to control your costs. Chefsheet.com is a subscription-based inventory system that will empower your restaurant with the tools you need to reduce your costs by 2 to 4%. And for super fast end-of-period inventory counts, use Chefsheet Mobile on all IOs and Android products. Chefsheet makes it possible for you to order, count, and send your orders to any vendor in the the world in one step. Truthfully, how well do you know your food and beverage costs? Chef Sheep helps you keep track of all your play costs in real time. Keep track of your vendors too with real-time price tracking of everything you buy. Start using Chef Sheet for free today or upgrade to a premium plan. And if you do upgrade to a premium plan, Chef Sheet will send you a $30 Amazon gift card. Just email them unstoppable at with your restaurant name. Get on it. All right, we're back, Chef. The first question I have for you is, what advice do you have for funding a restaurant and getting that initial capital? And correct me if I'm wrong, but you are currently, or recently just went through something that affects this to a degree, doesn't it?
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm living this moment right now. (laughs) All right. Uh, Yeah. Uh, So uh, I would say, make sure you have more capital than you can ever imagine to have and if you could put a number to it
0: what would you say how much more
1: oh jeez 300 grand easy so
0: let's give us give us a percentage how much extra you should have
1: uh 150,000 more so (laughs) yeah whatever Um, that is (laughs) extra okay got it yeah so it's um nowadays um yeah you just you know all the banks are clamped down unless you really truly know someone that's rich I mean you you wouldn't have to go that that route but Mm -hmm. um I think, yeah, you know, if you do find the right investors, uh, make sure that you're protected on your, on your investment tooth. Um, if you're not going to bring anything to the table, with mm-hmm. you know, other people bring the money. But, uh, I mean, every, every project's going to be different. Mine's, um, different compared to if I was just going to go down to a commercial space in a downtown, uh, small little town somewhere. And then, uh, you know, it used, to be, it used to be a cafe and I can go in and, and just transforming, and there's already a kitchen there, and I don't have to go through fire and all that stuff. But mine's a little different where it's in a 1740 house uh, that is zoned commercial but has nothing commercial in it. And that literally every single square inch has to be brought up the code. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's you know, a lot more money there. But the benefit for me is that I, as a chef, I think uh, kind of the end-all, be-all as a chef is uh, – you know the true idea of knowing the food comes from. So I, I want to live by that mantra, and um, so I'm trying to get there. So my so what I'm trying to do is create a 100% real, sustainable, farmer, payable restaurant. Um, so that's for me. So so I put myself in the situation and uh, that it would be a little bit easier for the package that I'm bringing to a bank situation. Yeah. and
0: one thing and, I want and, to point out about that: what you're doing, you're doing you. Like you are doing like you are reincarnating. If you could reincarnate a, a, a restaurant that was you, that is what you're doing. And I think that's really important to, to point out because when you're, when you're trying to create people, call them concepts, but I don't like that. I mean, I like the idea that you're doing what you love. You're, you're re, you know, uh I guess manifesting like your passion, you know, um, you're 10 times easier to sell yourself to somebody, um, and what you're trying to do. And if you're truly passionate about it and it's, it's who you are. Like, it's just going to come through and you'll be able to find people who, who are investing in you, but not necessarily your concept, but who you are and what you're trying
1: to do. So, sorry. yeah, no, I, totally. And I think that will come out more on the back end mm-hmm. of once this goes through and everything's, you know, up and going. Um, yeah, because I, I've gotten so much, you know, verbal support from the idea and concepts. um, because the restaurant itself is also going to be an education center for kids. It's mm. going to have a uh, farming component. It's going to have a CSA component. Uh, so it's going to be uh, how does a small family farm survive. I'm kind of reinventing that idea. Uh, so, yeah, so totally on the back end, um, once people go there and they see the honesty, again, the honesty of what the restaurant truly is and what I want it to be, the market aspect is pretty much self direct market. I don't, Mm -hmm. I mean, it is what it is, what it is. Yeah,
0: we'll get into that. I think we'll get into that with um, the marketing question, but just to summarize what I've heard so far and getting the capital, it's always have more than you think you're going to need because you're, you're going to have those hitting costs and it's always going to go, you need that buffer, you need that, that safety um, space there. And then I think what I heard your second point was to make sure if you're going to investors that they're investing in you and not necessarily the business. Is that, Am I accurate with that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think it depends on who you talk to. I've talked to a lot of different people, but some people just strictly money. Some people really don't care about you. But some people are on board because of the mission that is there. But, um, yeah, I I mean, it's going to go both ways. Is there Um,
0: anything else you wanted to add to that topic of capital before we move on?
1: Yeah, make sure it's liquid capital don't have your uh, assets all tied up into real estate or um other commodities that you can't get it out of okay. from. Um just because the bank is gonna wanna see it liquid. So I mean you're gonna have a million dollars in, uh, in 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 houses that you can't liquefy but as collateral but that million dollars is not gonna get you anywhere. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. yeah. Good
0: advice. So, the the next question I have for you, Chef, is what is your advice for hiring good people?
1: Well, I mean, I've done a lot of different methods. Uh, One is just sitting down with the person. It's just, you know, someone just walks in off the streets. You can pretty much feel them out, how they're going to be, or, you know, resumes, talking to people. But, I mean, I've pulled a kid out of a Dunkin' Donuts because his customer service was like, amazing like <laughs> i think he was like 19 18 19 and um uh, that alone so is I, great
0: advice don't be afraid to go out there and steal people
1: <laughs> like oh, totally yeah. yeah and um yeah because you never know and sometimes you know personality mm-hmm. um can reign supreme over the guy with the best nice skills but if he's going to bring that negative kind of aspect to the kitchen yeah you really and you can't really build it on that. And, mm. I'd rather take the person who can learn how to use a knife and have a great attitude um to build around. So awesome. um yeah. So like I said about you know, I pulled this kid out and he was um had not that much skill, but um, you know, five years later, a four years later, he um he's in he's in Boston working at a really nice restaurant and he's doing well. So um so- yeah, it's, it's 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 tough nowadays. I mean, it's like uh, you know, you, it's like kind of like the analogy when you listen to people talk about sports. You know, oh, back in the day, you know, you know every team, every person had a really good player. Now it's like watered down because there's like 25 teams and the 20. You know, it's kind of like that same feeling. It's, there's a lot, a lot of it's spread out, and there's a lot more restaurants opening. So to find a true good help, it's it's hard nowadays. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of curious
0: yeah. because you talked about. This this kid you picked him out of a Dunkin' Donuts now he's doing great things with his career working in Boston restaurants. The next question I ask is what advice you have for main you know keeping these people on your team once you've hired them and I'm curious has your ability to help this person get to a next level to kind of really you know grow personally has that come back to serve you yet have you had any referrals from this person has he
1: come back around
0: like I'm curious if
1: um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think him, like, directly has an influence on that, but I guess, I mean, for me, uh, I have kind of a, you know, spiritual kind of mm. Buddhist <laughs> thinking uh, process that I just do myself normally, but I truly believe in kind of the calmer aspect of Absolutely. things, and I, I think I've seen a couple kids come to in my kitchen that's probably reincarnated of him of some sort. So, yeah, I think it's kind of his his energy that was put out there for his good work just had a kid come in like last week um, yeah so I kind of pushed super you super like his... what's that yeah. super psyched I'm super psyched to have him yeah you can just tell that he's been in a restaurant for a year you know worked at a small little pub but is, you can just tell by the brightness in his eyes that yeah yeah, he, he, this is something he truly wants to do. And you can just tell by showing up early, uh, just the way he, uh, cleans the station, just the way he talks to people, awesome. that he, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna go far, so. That's um,
0: somebody you help get to wherever they want to go, or you, you, uh, you take special care of people like that, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, and I think, um, I have a, you know, for me, like I said, I, I think my confidence, I have a good balance of letting people know that they work hard for me, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't always pay with money, but, uh, I mean, they always love free burgers at the end of the yeah, day. I um, so I, I think it's like uh, constantly let them know that the work that they're doing for you is appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that can be, uh, yeah, like subtle things, you know, just you know, feeding them. Or uh, one, one thing I really, really love doing is having them come in on a day off so I can cook for them personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I usually don't give them a bill. So, you know, that, that can be anywhere from a dishwasher, <laughs> yeah, uh, dishwasher to a line cook. Um, again, so that's that's one way I can let them know that it's appreciated. And I think those generous gestures uh, from the chef, uh, I think that goes a long way. So um, I think I can retain staff very well. I have a good, good knack for that, so
0: i mean if you show your appreciation and your gratitude for people it just goes so so far and i think that's what i'm hearing from you and it's incredible advice and now the next question i have for you chef is on a topic of resources is there a book or a website or any other type of resource a podcast that you recommend to our listeners somebody to go to you know or something to go to to learn uh to be become a better restaurant professional
1: yeah i mean two of the books i really loved um I mean, there's a bunch of them, but I think there's three. I think the French Laundry Cookbook obviously was like one of the first Bibles of food. So that's just a, that's just a given. Mm -hmm. Um, and then there's, uh, lessons in service and lessons in excellence by Charlie Trotter. Um, that will just truly just blow you away of what it is in a hospitality business, what your role is and just the way he spells it out and, and what to look for and how to be creative in that regard. To be hospitable, I mean, it's just excellent, excellent reading. I mean, You can just open up any chapter and read it and just be like, yeah, that's so right on perfect. That's, so those two books definitely kind of got me into the direction of A Better Way of Thinking, A Better Way of Treating Staff, A Better Way of Treating My Guests, A Better Way of Treating My Vendors. So those two books, I totally recommend. So can you Um, you
0: pick one of these books, uh, either the French Laundry or Charlie Trotter's book, and uh, pick like one lesson that just really has resonated with you and one reason, if no other reason, to pick up this book and read it?
1: Yeah, so one lesson is um, not to let, what's that word I'm looking for, doubt uh, creep into a decision-making process. Mm -hmm. More or less, stick to your guns, do it now, don't think about it and because once you let other forces come into that it's it weeks has gone and the next thing you know it's you're not in the position of strength; you're kind of in a position of weakness no uh, it was
0: uh charlie trotter's words or is that um uh, yeah
1: song? okay yeah more charlie trotter's um just like, they did a there's a section there of how you wanted he needed a new kitchen mm-hmm. and he wanted a new kitchen so you know some of the investors well we're gonna do this that you know we should start small and he pretty much just closed the restaurant down and had it done in like a week and <laughs> awesome that was it
0: all right great I'll have, the, I'll have the links yeah. to those books in the show notes uh just <laughs> check out paul callahan you'll find them right there restaurant unstoppable slash paul callahan all right now we're gonna talk a little bit about marketing you kind of started to go down this road before um with just marketing yourself but let's kind of dive a little deeper i mean what piece of marketing advice can you give us
1: well, I mean, I've been doing this for a while, so I've seen both regards. I've seen um, you know a PR company make stars, and but uh, I've seen people just hard work sticking to their guns, again, not changing the concept, doing what they truly believe, and getting a lot out of just being honest to themselves and creating a product that is um, consistent, which is kind of one of the hardest things to do. In the restaurant business, is to be consistent on a daily basis. So, mm-hmm.
0: so would you say maybe it's a combination? Because you said you've seen uh, people go the PR route. You've also seen people sticking to their guns and being honest themselves. Would you say it's a good like medley or of the two?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I totally. I think uh, you know, if you're in restaurants, if you have a budget, to uh, I would say use a PR company for the first year. I think it goes a long way. Yeah.
0: What's the most you know? Uh, I guess the, the biggest impact in consistency.
1: Oh, it's just, I mean, to be consistent in the restaurant? Yeah. I just think you you have more returning guests. I just know for for me, I mean, there's a place I get a sandwich. It's not the best place, but I've been going there, I don't know, 16 years later. I've never not had a uh, a bad sandwich, so I just think that... Just that's I that just think it goes a long
0: way. Yeah, you know, with that consistency, too, it's not just the food, it's that employee retainment. Like, if you're able to hang on to these people, people want to show up to your restaurant and see the same faces they're familiar with. They want the service to be the same, they want to be able to predict what's going to kind of happen with the experience. So, it's all that stuff is super, super. Uh, huge and like uh, one of my guests, my past guests, Jeffrey Summers said, the best social platform is your your dining room floor, and that's where all the marketing. If you don't do it right there, man, you can do everything right everywhere else, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> so awesome True. stuff. Yeah. yeah. How important are new technologies with like leveraging systems and processes? I mean, is there anything you're using at Number Eight Kitchen in Spirits uh, that you want to share with us? A, a system or maybe just uh, a way you're marketing online. Like, wh- What are you doing? How are you leveraging technology to be more productive and efficient?
1: We don't do anything special. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm still the old-fashioned, old-school. Um, I mean, when it comes to inventory, and I still do it by hand. Um, I like to myself you know, input all my invoices. Social media is good. Um, but for me, personally, I think one of the things that was kind of life changing is it's Probably is really simple, but it's being able to text Mm. (laughs) Um, at any given time instead of uh, back in the day just trying to find a time to call the purveyor, figure out prices. Now, I mean, I can, again, it just adds another way to multitask faster, another uh, way to get information faster. So I'm probably texting.
0: On your phone and texting, is there, are there any apps? I mean, are, do, you, do you use a smartphone? Is there any app that you're using in the kitchen or, or in your life to be more efficient?
1: Uh, Three Rivers Farm Alliance. Um, it's actually a coalition of a couple of farmers that's uh, in the Seacoast area that actually kind of is revolutionizing how farmers can access uh, institutions, you know, hospitals and um, restaurants People like, so that's been one of the biggest things.
0: And that's an app you use on your phone?
1: Yeah, it's an app. So basically what, what they did was you can order twice a week from them and you go on their app and they tell you like, uh, the price of carrots from this one farm or this other farmer can, you know, if they're certified organic or not. Um, and then how much is available. Um, so they might have like 10 pounds of Mexican greens to start and then it, it's up to minutes. So if I order Five pounds, and you belong. Then you know that it's five pounds left, and from another restaurant, or or it's sold out. Um, and then, sure enough, I can place this. I think it's Monday to Tuesday, and then Tuesday morning I have a delivery from the farmer. And the same thing was, I think it's for uh it's Friday. Same thing I can place. Are
0: there are there any limitations on this app? Like the the geographic it can be used, or is it nationwide?
1: Uh, just a the geographic. Uh, they I uh, think have a forty mile radius. Um, but they are setting up shop out west somewhere in the Berkshires I think All
0: right, or no no
1: no no by Nashua I think it's out by Nashua, where they can go out to the Berkshires um because it's uh it's gotten they've gotten so big from it that there uh more farmers are, are joining the coalition to make more products available um now it's um, I have a friend who does farm to school. He's a school culinary director for a high school. So he uses the program to get fresh produce from the farm to uh, his school. I know of a, um, I know that I did a talk with them that they're trying to get uh, the hospital in Exeter to order from them. Um, so that app is, uh, I mean, it's live up to minutes. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal what awesome. they've done for Alliance. Yeah.
0: I'll have to check that out. You guys are in the Northeast New England. Uh north shore area listening to this podcast maybe you're in new hampshire maine or check it out sounds really interesting all right cool um the next question i have for you is uh your best industry advice i mean if you could go back in time chef callahan so maybe when you were just getting your first job working at it was a keon or keon's kitchen yeah um, what one piece of business advice would you give yourself if you could just you know drop one bomb on yourself?
1: To learn probably the the true nature of hospitality at a younger age. I think it took me a while to actually learn that.
0: What would you say um, the true nature of
1: hospitality is? Provide 110% to the guests, mm. making sure that they have the best experience possible. So, nice. like I said, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That would probably be that probably right. be that.
0: Totally, man. You know. Uh uh yeah absolutely great stuff at the end of the day it's all about those experiences worth just bringing people together uh, and just you know inconveniencing yourself as much as possible for the convenience of others I love it All right, man so those are all the questions I had for you Uh, what is one question you think I could have asked that would have added more value to this interview
1: Uh, so one question would be um, you know where do you see the culinary landscape going in the years to come it's fine dining that I think all chefs at some point, think, you know, they're going to get the best experience and best knowledge of what are going to find in restaurants. But so if the culinary landscape changes in the future, that is less and less of those establishments because it's not what the populace wants. So how does one chef then get that knowledge that they think that they're going to get? Where, where is that knowledge going to be landed? Yeah. So where, 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 what's the culinary uh, landscape? Is it? You know, everyone, you know, big movement now is far on the table, but yeah, yeah. So, you know, what 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 people see the future of food going? Where's where, where it going? Where's it landing? And you know,
0: awesome. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Great stuff. Awesome. All right, chef. I mean, those were all the questions I had for you. We wrap up every episode by having you call somebody out who is one restaurant professional, preferably an indie restaurant professional you admire and think would make a great guest mentor here on the show. Uh, Eric Bonagorio. All right. Eric, say that last name for me one more time. Uh, yeah. Bonagorio. Eric Blonagorio, man. Look out. What's, what's his story. I'm coming after him.
1: Yeah. Uh, no, he, um, again, just another young kid that came to my kitchen. Um, uh, didn't know he had a career in there. I saw a lot of potential. So I sent him down to the city, got him into a couple of nice restaurants and, um, you know, 23, just letting his first, uh, exec job. And, um, and so he's, he's killing it. He's very passionate. Um, you know, he's, I don't know if he spends more time trying to grow the plants he cooks for, but he's, he has a rooftop garden. Uh, he's out, you know, creating community gardens, uh, trying to figure out new ways, uh, to get food onto, uh, his plates. Uh, he's just dedicated, um, uh, just hard worker. And uh, awesome. very, very, very talented, very talented kid. What restaurant is he working at? It's called Parlor, P-A-R-L-A, to so the north end. Awesome. Look out,
0: Eric, man. I'm coming after you. And, Chef, how can we connect with you? If somebody's listening to this podcast and they're in uh, on the North Shore, uh, you know, the Amesbury, Newburyport area, and they want to come work for you, how can we get in touch?
1: Just stop by a number of kitchens. It's Milton kitchen. I'm always there. Uh, just come and introduce yourself. Um, I'd truly like to see and, and talking to people face-to-face, mono-to-mono, just to give us a feel.
0: Yeah, and I am, um, uh, I'm living proof of that, guys, because that's how we connected. I stopped in. I just love what these guys are doing over there. Um, it's extremely hospitable, great atmosphere. Uh, I love the energy there. It's a great place to uh, kind of want to surround yourself with. So don't hesitate. If you're listening to this, get over there. These guys are
1: awesome. Yeah, and don't hesitate. You know, if there's no room in the kitchen, feel free to stash. I mean, I just that's all I can tell people. You know, if it's something you really want to do, just get into the kitchen, just get get somewhere, awesome, uh, chef. and just start cooking.
0: Chef, you've been incredible. Thank you so much for coming on the show, uh, giving us your time, your mentorship. There's no questioning, chef. You are unstoppable.
1: Well, thank you very much for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Take care. All right, I'll see you.
0: Another episode wrapped up here at Restaurants Unstoppable. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, Chef Callahan, thank you so much. Killing it. If you guys liked this episode, you can find the links to everything we discussed, the books, the services, the recaps of his recommendations and his advice at Restaurants Unstoppable slash Paul Callahan. And if you guys can think of anybody you'd love to have on the show as a guest mentor, shoot me a message. Email me, eric at restaurantunstoppable.com I'm always looking for recommendations and referrals uh, on not just guests, but topics too. We'll have uh, an authority on the show here for you. And uh, don't forget to check out restaurant slash tools and restaurantunstoppablecom slash books for a complete list of our past <clears throat> excuse me our past guests and the tools they use in the books they've read all right guys that's all i have for you today i can't wait to do this again until next time peace out